Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are very joyful, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. Jonah, it was just your wife's birthday and my half birthday, which are on the same day, oddly enough. So really a time of celebration. I was thinking about some of the birthday parties that we had that were really kind of random when we were growing up. And I asked you, and I remember this, if you had a birthday party where you took all your friends to a baseball card show. Yes, this definitely happened. Yeah, it was just my wife Vicky's birthday. So happy birthday to her and your half birthday. Happy birthday, Vicky. Happy half birthday to me. You're exactly six months apart. Your half birthday has always been a very big deal to you. I don't feel like it's as much of a thing for most people. I don't know if that's true. Sort of like, you know. Got to celebrate 
these milestones. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, I had a birthday party where like, I think mom and dad took us all to like a baseball card convention and like gave all my friends like $5 or something. And I was really into collecting baseball cards. So it was like a really fun party for me. Yeah. It's fun to have a birthday party where there's an activity. Like I feel like that was like a really big thing when we were growing up and probably still is because otherwise like what do kids do? They can't like really you know, go to a bar or anything like that. Right. Yeah. We didn't go to bars (laughs) for our childhood birthday parties. But what did you do? You did some activity oriented parties. Well, I remember the most common activity we did at my birthday parties was go to a place called Plaster of Paradise or Plaster Playground. And you would pick like a plaster vase or like a little cat statue and you would paint it and then they would dry it. And you take home a piece of art or something really useful, like a glass or a vase. That's like a thing now, I think, with like the painting places or like you can have a glass of wine and like paint something. Yeah. Now they try and make it for adults. So they go like we have wine or like BYOB, bring your own bottle of wine and make plaster art. And honestly, I actually did do it with my friend Julie once and it was actually really fun. Yeah, I'll probably will never do that. Well, we almost went on a really big hike. I think one of us was moving out of New York. I think she was. And we were like, let's do a fun activity together. And we were going to go on a huge hike. And then we were like, let's just sit and drink wine and make vases. It sounds like the people that do that a lot are probably like also into like edible arrangements and sort of like... Edible arrangements are incredible. I mean, to get fruit in such a gorgeous shape. Also, guess what's even more incredible than edible arrangements? The one which name I'm blanking on where you get cookies by design, where you get a bouquet of cookies and they're all like if it's for like Valentine's Day, it would be like hearts and teddy bear cookies. Honestly, the most expensive cookies you've ever made for like I remember would be like $15 a cookie, like six cookies would be like $1,000. But anyways, I think we're impressing our guest today. (laughs) Nothing else. So maybe we should introduce him and kind of hear if there's any crazy. I think that's a great idea. Birthday party activities he did. Okay. Our guest today is a wildly talented actor, comedian, and writer. You may know him from starring in the show Sunnyside, his appearances on shows such as Shrill and Search Party, his Netflix special Psychosexual, and you can now see him in the wildly popular movie that he wrote, Fire Island. Please welcome Joel Kim Booster. Hello. Hey, Joel. Hello. (laughs) I do have some childhood memories of birthdays, but I do have two questions slash observations from what you guys were talking about, which is, yes, are we the first generation of adults that has had activities like this? Like, do you think it's something that we've carried on into our adulthood that like previous generations really didn't have? Like, did Gen Xers like go to painting classes and escape rooms and like things that needed to engage their attention a little bit more? Or is that like because we're all stunted adult children? I think that's such a good question because I think, yeah, I think they just did like backyard birthday parties. Like here's some balloons, a cake. Everyone just runs around the yard. Yeah. Yeah. The only argument I have that makes me think maybe it did exist was I remember when I would have sleepover parties for my birthday when I was little, like my mom and I would go to like Pat Catan's, which was a craft store. And I remember like one year we made these big wooden bangle bracelets and everybody had to like paint a bangle bracelet and put like art on it. And one year we used like seed beads and we did bead projects. And I remember my friends like just wanting to watch TV and movies. And I was like, no, we have to do this project because my mom and I planned it. And they'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> we were too young <laughs> for them to say that. But I remember like my mom really instilling in, in me like that would be fun to do a project. And again, it was fun for like five minutes. And then everyone just wanted to like watch TV and eat candy. But 
Yeah. No, I think that goes to my argument, though, because I think that like a lot of adults teach children that like activities are good. But I just right, don't think that like right. anyone else has carried that on into adulthood like our generation has. Right, right, right. Like Dave and Buster's. Yes. Is adult Chuck E. Cheese. Right. Totally. And it's like. Yeah, you're saying like we're the first people who like have them as adults who have activities as adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no way they would be doing this stuff as adults. Like, our, I, when we were growing up, they wouldn't be like, we're going to go paint stuff or like, we're going to go play video games and like, drink like craft beer or something. In fact, I would say if they did do that, it was sort of frowned upon because the only things that I can think of that adults do would be like some kind of civil war reenactments or some kind of like, yeah. which I guess isn't really frowned upon, but is seen as being sort of like alt, like it's yeah. seen as not being like very mainstream. Yeah. I feel like the only activity like our dad does is go fishing and our mom is in like a book club and plays Mahjong. Yeah, I think there were maybe looser, like book clubs probably were a bigger thing. And like, yeah, I don't know. Did your parents play like board games with their adult friends? Like game nights are such a huge part of millennial right, culture. That's and true. I feel like yeah. I don't remember my parents. Well, my parents didn't have very many like adult friends, but like I just don't remember them like getting together with other 30 year olds to play games. Joel, where did you grow up? Right outside Chicago. Okay, we're from right outside of Cleveland. And I wonder if it's like also activities are more of a like an urban thing. Like, I wonder if like, oh, yeah, do they have like trivia nights? I think so. I think I remember some in my hometown suburb. I remember like the bars would do yeah. things like that. Yeah. When I would go home and stuff like that. But yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they didn't really exist when our parents were kind of our age. They were just sort of like, yeah, let's go to the bar and, you know watch the game or or talk about or talk about something adults talk about or just like have to take care of your kids like yeah. for meals like dinner parties and like going over to someone's house for dinner or whatever but like they were just so much I don't know they had a lot less free time than I feel like we yeah. do because it feels very normal for us to have like leisure time yeah totally because we don't have kids and like yeah you know I mean your life is probably busier. The amount of TV that I watch, like I don't think that my parents could have watched. No. Certainly not at my age, not when they were this age. You're probably watching more TV than was actually available to watch. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Back when we were growing up. like Vanessa also watches a lot of TV. <laughs> like, like more TV than probably anyone I know. But it's kind of research. You know, it's really because I've been working on, I love that for you. I've been watching so much less TV. It's so stressful now because I'm like, I have so many shows to catch up on. And now whenever I watch TV, God, I love it so much. I really missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't have anything that strong to say. I'm in my like first adult relationship right now and the way your media diet gets tied up into someone else's and like he has COVID right now and we can't be together so I, we're just not able to watch there's no TV so you have I can to watch. find a show that he's not interested yeah in. and thank god he doesn't like like housewives and shit oh that's great those are the things that I can watch <laughs> without him and it's like it's I hope great. he feels better soon, but there's so He's much. He's fine. Very mild symptoms. So Because you got Beverly Hills is out now. Atlanta's yeah. out. Like you are... I've got really some great. TV to catch up on for sure. Wait, where outside of Cleveland are you guys from? Because he's from outside of Cleveland. What? <laughs> Aurora? Yeah, Aurora is not far from where we're from. 
Right, Jonah? No, Aurora's near Solon. That's where the outlets are. Have you been to the outlets out there? No, but wait, the lake you just mentioned, he talks Geauga about. Geauga Lake. Yeah, Geauga Lake. It's an amusement park that closed, right? We did an episode where we talked about a close. It's so funny. Whenever he runs into someone from outside of Cleveland, they all talk about that lake. Geauga Lake? Yeah, I bet. Because it's an amusement park that was like really popular, kind of small, but kind of easy to navigate, I would say, as opposed to Cedar Point, which is in Sandusky, Ohio, and is like much more of a like trip. Like it's harder to do Cedar Point in like a day, I would say. Speaking of something that didn't exist when our parents were our age, Disney adults, like theme park people, like adults going to theme parks. You're so right. Our parents did not go to theme parks without children. No, never. And I remember my friend Chrissy Zatrock and her, there were five girls. Joni, you remember Jesse was in your grade. The Zatrocks would go every... Spring break or winter break, they would go to Disney World. Well, the reason I knew that is because one year Chrissy came to Palm Island with us, which was so fun. But anyways, I remember that. Um, sorry. I remember that it gave me the idea, I like asked our mom and dad. I've said this probably on this podcast before. I was like, can we go to Disney World this summer? And we were probably both like in high school or almost in high school. And mom was like, you're too old now. And it was like, well, a little bit tell that to the Zatrox <laughs> and they get to go every year. But also it was like, that's how our parents saw it. And I feel like that is like an old school way of seeing it is like, once you're like 10 years old, you're like too old. Let's say 13. Yeah. You're too old for Disney. Yeah. That was such a long way of telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think people have made these observations similarly about like media because like, Marvel movies being the biggest movies yeah. in the world. Like those would have been seen as kids movies yeah. or like family movies at the very least, you know, like before. Totally. You know, it's crazy how many friends now that I'm in L.A., like so many friends that go to Disneyland all the time. Oh, Matt is going tomorrow to Disney. Like oh he's God, such he's... a big Disney theme park like adult. Loves it. Yeah, loves That's it. how Taryn is. Taryn goes all the time. And like, it's also probably so different going as an adult and being able to like, not be with your parents and kind of just like choose. And just get really fucked up. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying like, when I was trying to sell my parents on going to Disney World, I think I tried to be like, there's Treasure Island, which I think is for adults. And you guys could go there. <laughs> my mom was like, no, thanks. <laughs> I went to Disney world as an adult you did yeah with my band we were on tour and we were in florida and someone i was a two band my band and this other band pianos we come to teeth and we tweeted out someone from a band account like can someone get us in and these people worked there were fans and they got us all in wow and we went and smash mouth was playing oh okay. my god okay <laughs> yeah like three sets and we were gonna go see smash mouth we didn't, but yeah, I mean, it I feels was like nev- you were never a huge Smash Mouth fan, Jonah. I wasn't, but I mean, we just kind of walked around. We rode some rides. And then, this is like a really dumb story. But we started tweeting at Smash Mouth about the show and they started writing back to us. And we we're like, are you guys having fun? And they were like, yeah, we rode some rides or whatever. Then we wrote back. Did you feel like an all-star? I knew that was coming. I knew you were going to quote one of their songs and send it to them. And they wrote back, not really. (laughs) Congrats on not getting blocked immediately. It was only a matter of time. I knew it was coming. That's such a Jonah thing to do. Well, I think there's something about like being an adult now where it's like, like I remember when I first moved to Brooklyn, you'd go like get your hair cut and they'd be like, Here's like a beer. Like everything has to have like a beer with it or has to be like cool or like, and I don't feel like it's like, I can just get a haircut. We work culture. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, 
every night's happy hour. Yeah. And like we do fun activities for you and mixers. And I worked at a WeWork. It was you did? crazy. You did? Like my last day job, when I had day jobs, I worked at a startup and I was in a WeWork. And every floor has what is essentially an RA that like works for WeWork to make sure that everyone's morale is up. And you can like, anytime I would go to them for something functional or practical, like one time my contact fell out and I didn't have contact solution. And I was like, Uh. I went to him and I was like, do you have contact solution? And he was like, no, it's like the one thing we don't have. But like every time I would go, he did, they never had anything that you needed. Um, But one, like he would always like walk by our office and like knock on the door and be like, Hey guys, notice we didn't see you at the mixer last night. Is everything Okay. And like, it would just be like, yeah, I just didn't want to go to the mixer. Like, get out of here. Yeah, you're not there to like, yeah, make friends. You're there because right in the name, you want to work. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. But it is so it's so about the culture. That's like what they were selling was the culture. Because otherwise, it's just a, a co-working space. Vanessa, you work somewhere, right, where they had like a happy hour once a month or something? I used to work at an ad agency in Chicago called Draft, and then it was called Draft FCB. And- once we merged with FCB, the perks were a lot less. But anyway, I don't know why you guys. Anyway, I worked at this ad agency and not only did they have this was so awesome. They had a coffee bar that you could go to any time of day, any day of the week. And every coffee was a dollar and every coffee was like what would be a Starbucks venti size. So I'm calling that 16 ounces and you could get any kind of coffee. Everything's a dollar and it goes to charity. So it was like. I'm having a hazelnut latte at two in the afternoon. I'm sending one dollar and I'm giving back. It was so awesome. But every Friday or one Friday a month or every other Friday, I don't remember how frequently it was, they would have a happy hour. At the office? At the office for the whole building. And they would have all kinds of drinks and like some snacks and stuff. And it was like everyone went. And I think part of the reason that everyone went was because it was like a Friday and people were like working so hard. They did want to just like leave and have a drink or whatever. Cause I remember sometimes people would have to like have a drink and then go back to their offices or whatever. But also I just remember, I don't know if it's an ad agency stuff. Like these people partied so hard when they were given the opportunity. Like I remember the holiday parties, people would go insane. Like we'd have a holiday. I was there, I think over two holiday parties And people would go so nuts. And I remember going to the bathroom and like peeing. I could hear a woman in the stall next to me doing Coke. And I was like, she's doing Coke at the draft holiday party. Like, at what point would you be like, I'm going to save the Coke for the party with my friends? (laughs) I think like it was because we were at such a like corporate place and people were working so hard. Also, I could see under the stall like this woman was wearing like high white boots and I was like, oh, I'm going to figure out who this person is. And I did right away. But I don't know. I just wanted to be like, oh, she was going to go. Yeah. Why did I start talking? Because <laughs> we were talking about we work. Oh, yeah, yeah. We work culture. Yeah. That it was just like, I think when people are working, the idea that like a workplace can have like fun at it is like so exciting to people, but was really exciting to people in the early 2000s. And now people are like, let me do work. Well, because it's all a trick. It's like, oh, if, yes. right, right. If we make the office fun, then they'll stay and they'll work later and harder. And like, you know, as work consumes everyone's life, it's like, yeah. Oh, what's the next innovation? Oh, making sure that it's bearable. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like you get paid $20,000, but you have like unlimited pinball machines or something. Yeah. Because we're all babies. Have you ever been to, I won't drop the name of the corporation, but it rhymes with Oogle 
office? <laughs> no, I haven't. I've been to one in Chicago that my friend worked at and they had like... Oh, wait, no, I have. I've eaten lunch there in San yes. Francisco with a friend. Yeah. Incredible meals. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch and dinner, I think. And then also there'd be like a room where like you could play like Xbox or you could play like arcade games. But it was like, but when do you do that? <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend who worked at Facebook knew a guy who for a while he was like basically homeless. And because there was a gym at the office and like all other like crazy facilities available at the office, he was like secretly living at the office for a while. And he would just like shower and like change and and, like keep all his stuff in his car. But it was just like possible and comfortable because it was Facebook because they have like nap rooms you can sleep in. And like (laughs) that's such a smart idea. Yeah, I know. Sometimes if I stayed out too late on a weeknight, I would come in early to my desk at Groupon and I would do the same thing because there were snacks there. My gym was there. I could take a shower. Yeah. Like startup offices are a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Too much fun. Does that culture still exist or is that kind of over now? I definitely think so. I have a lot of friends who live in San Francisco. So ergo, I have a lot of friends who work at startups and at these big tech companies. And like they're always getting roped into doing goofy like ropes courses and shit. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. On that note, (laughs) we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with Joel Kim Booster. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, 
and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. And we're back. What a conversation. <laughs> what a conversation. We went a million places and I had a, and I had fun at, at every one of them. <laughs> and now I think maybe we're going to get into today's topic. Yes. Which I'm so excited to talk about because this is a subject that's been on my mind a lot lately. Yeah, Jonah, you've got a lot to say about this topic. But... I've got a lot to say. And Joel, you brought it in. And I believe it is microwave bean burritos. Yeah, microwave bean burritos. I couldn't tell you the brand if it was literally in my kitchen right now, like in the fridge. Amy's. Amy's, sure. Okay. Yeah. But like, you know, the wrapper. Yeah. You know, they come in a big bag, basically full of them. Yeah. You know, or you could buy them individually at a gas station, maybe. Right, right, yep. right. But just like the best <laughs> snack. And this is what it brings me back to. It's funny because most of my picks for nostalgia all brought me back to like this period of my life, except for one, I think was like kid, kid. But this brings me back to my senior year of high school where I would routinely, routinely cut seventh period, go home with my friend, Sarah, who had a free period during seventh period. And we would watch like road rules, real world challenge and uh-huh. eat these burritos that her mom always had in the house, always had it. And it was like a thing That when I came over, they would like have one ready for me because they knew I was obsessed with them and I didn't have them at home. It just reminds me of like maybe the happiest times I had in high school because it was a tough transition. I was homeschooled until I was a junior. Oh, wow. Technically a sophomore. They sent me to a church school sophomore year and then public school junior year. And like it was a rocky transition. But senior year, I had sort of gotten everything down. And so I felt finally really comfortable and like. I had friends and that's great. Being greeted with a bean burrito every yeah. time I'd go over to someone's house really made me feel like I was king of the world. Yeah. Yeah. How nice that they had that ready for you. Yeah. What a great feeling. It really is. It's like fun when you have bits with your friend's parents. Yes. It's so great. When you can connect in that way. My best friend, Gwen, who I talk about a lot, her mom and I would sort of like wait until Gwen would like go upstairs to do something. And then her mom would kind of just grill me on like all the hottest girls <laughs> going on <laughs> at school. And I'd be like happy to chat with her about it. And she often made this tuna pate that I really loved and would like knew that I really liked it. There's something so nice about feeling cared for by your friend's parents. It's like so nice. It's like sort of a meme now, a meme joke, but like little gay boys, when brought to an all boy sleepover, yeah, all you do is talk to the mom. Yeah, All you do right. is talk to the mom. 
everyone's asleep. You're up first so you can have a cup of coffee with <laughs> Janet. Okay. Because <laughs> you just want to chat. That is so great. I love that so yeah. much. Yeah, have a cup of coffee. <laughs> This is the first time I'm hearing this, Me but I, yes. it makes a lot of sense. It's a real thing. Yeah. It's a real phenomenon. Oh, my God. That we share. A certain kind of gay boy shares together. This is that memory. I love that so much. It's the only time as like a nine-year-old gay boy you felt seen is when you were talking to someone else's mom. Joel, I also am just like, I bet you are so cute. Like, <laughs> just this little nine-year-old being like, I'll take it black. <laughs> Can I have a little sugar, please, actually? Um, sorry, that was my impression of you at nine. <laughs> That's pretty so accurate. sweet. That's really, really funny. Yeah, the mom's probably so much more interesting than like these dumb nine-year-old, nine-year-old boys. boys. Yeah. You kind of got nothing to offer. Exactly. Nothing in common. Just Nerf guns. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Nerf guns. Jonah was into those. I was, but I'm still fixated on the burrito part because right, my okay. question to you is, <laughs> you would always go microwave. Would you ever put them in the oven? Because I feel like they can be kind of uneven when you microwave Oh, them. yeah. They become texturally very much same, same, same yeah. all the way through. You could eat it with a spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. coming out of the microwave. I never experimented with putting the effort it would take and the time it would take. It's insane. You're setting up Jonah for a big rant. You're setting up Jonah. <laughs> the quality difference to me does not feel like it would be big enough to be worth the investment. That's what I'm saying. Let me tell you something. I did it recently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like on sale. There's some kind of like healthy, like fake meat, a burrito. I get home 55 minutes in the oven. I got to preheat it for it's like <laughs> we still got a, over an hour for something frozen. Why does it take so long? That seems insane. Who's got this time? If you want that evenness, it's got to be, you know, low and slow, low and slow for 55 minutes. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe in seriously in 2022. It still takes that. Did long. you do it in the microwave, though? Was there even no. an option? Because that's what's crazy is when you get frozen food that you think will have a microwave instruction. Oh, right. You get it home and you find out it is actually you either need a toaster oven. Yes. Or. A regular oven yeah. or a deep fryer. You've hit on a really smart thing, Joel, which is that a toaster oven preheats so much faster than a regular oven. And a lot of times with stuff like that, I'll make it in a toaster oven. I'll treat it as, you know, I guess a convection oven. Is that what the toaster oven is when you use it for not toasting? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Convection oven has to do with a fan in it that has to do with the way the air moves. Yeah, I know, Jonah. Okay. Well, a toaster <laughs> oven isn't I'm just kidding. a convection oven because it's smaller. Okay. Yeah, but whatever. there are convection ovens that are toaster size. Well, either way, the point is toaster ovens rule. Can I tell you, though, I bought one? Yeah. As like a treat for myself during the pandemic. And I think I've used it three times. You got to start using it for everything. Okay. Jonah's about to say something that I'm going to agree with, but like I make like salmon in my toaster oven. (gasps) I make, it heats up so quickly because it's such a small space. Like truly anything you would make in the oven, if it can fit in there, you should just make it in there. Oh, wow. I never even thought to do that. Unless you get what Jonah's going to, I know where Jonah's heading. Well, I use a air fryer, a ninja. I think it's great. I don't think I would ever use a toaster, but I use this air fryer like almost every day. Wow. Have you ever used one before? No. It seems like an MLM scheme, <laughs> air fryers, the way people talk about them. It's like a microwave. It like just heats stuff up really fast using 
air, I guess, then you don't need to use oil. And it's it's great. It keeps things really crispy. But I've never tried to make a frozen burrito in there. But I bet you would be faster. I bet it would work really well. I bet it would work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try it. The thing I'll say about the air fryer, I really love it. I don't think that it like, you know, how some stuff you can make in an Instapot and it will be like so fast. It will be much faster than it would in real life. Like you can make I've talked about this before. It's really boring. You can make soups in an Instapot from like dry beans in like 20 minutes. Like you can make it so fast. The air fryer, I think stuff takes the same amount of time, but it's just really good because it makes it really crispy. Yeah. And it's like better for you, I imagine. They feel so nostalgic. Like they feel like they're so from the 90s or something or the like early 2000s, but they still exist everywhere. Like you can still buy them everywhere. And I kind of forget about them because I also ate them mostly in high school. And like we always had them in our freezer, I think, too. Like they were a great snack. I think you could just buy them in such bulk that like yeah. they were always around. And I'd like to give a shout out to Amy's, too, because Amy's yeah. never sold out, unlike Annie's, who sold out to General Mills. Oh, my God, Jonah. That's really a Annie's. good point. Oh That's my God. very Annie's still keeping it real. So Amy's. 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 Annie's is basically, yeah. Trash. Not keeping it real. Basically like cinnamon toast crunch. But yeah. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that once in a while I'll be at a grocery store and I'll be like, I'll pass the microwavable bean burritos and I'll be like, do I want to get one of these? And I'll be like, yeah, I'll get one or two. And then I get so overwhelmed by the flavors because I never know, especially with the Amy's ones, which is generally what I'm talking about. Do I want bean and the vegan one that's like bean and vegetable? Do I want the one that's like cheese and like there's so many kinds and they They all taste the same though right there are only slight variations so that's the problem is that they're not yes that is the problem is that they're just different enough yes that it it causes you paralysis but like exactly it really is just like swap out like three ingredients that's it and i'm always like should i be healthy and not get the cheese and then i'm like the cheese will be so much better but then like this one doesn't have yeah it is so hard to make that decision because they're all like one ingredient different. <laughs> I always associate, are you too familiar with the Taco Bell bean burrito? Oh, yes. How do you feel about that? Yeah, because I was vegetarian for a long time and that was like the go-to kind of vegetarian snack. How do you feel about the Taco Bell bean burrito? I love Taco Bell. I don't care if that meat is horse. I'll eat it every day. Yeah. Because <laughs> it famously is horse. Oh, really? Yeah, it came out. I stay away from the meat, but I'll do a bean burrito. I'll do a cheese quesadilla. And yeah. We're in LA. We get Del Taco. Yeah. Right. Which I think is way better than Taco Bell. I think it's way better too and I wish that I could get Del Taco and I'm so jealous that you can do that. I've never gotten Del Taco. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. It's so good. Have you ever been to Tacos to Madre, Joel? Yes, I love. Have you ever had their breakfast burrito? No. Okay, well, I'll have to check it out. (laughs) I've had every other breakfast burrito I feel like in LA, so I'll have to check out this one. This one has truffle guac and tater tots in it. Some sort of potato in it is a must for me. Yeah, a must. A hash brown, a tater tot, something along those lines. Truffle is hard for me. Interesting. Truffle is hard for me. Yeah. It's a little overpowering. It can be. Right, right. I was just talking to my friend about this the other day. Everybody's getting truffle fries. You go, mm. what about fries with a little, you know, a little ketchup or mayo? And can we be set? Do we have to have truffle on our fries? You're right. It is a strong flavor and it kind of takes over. Yeah. You know what I love? An old bay fry. Give me an old bay fry. Oh, yeah. Over a truffle fry. Oh, yeah. I just read, I have some friends in Maryland, and they said that there's now an old bay flavored goldfish crackers. (gasps) 
That's huge. Wow. So I definitely want to try some of those out. Put a couple of those in a crab dip. Oh, my gosh. Oh my With the goldfish, God. a little crunch, a little texture. Oh, man. Amazing. Make a great dip. <laughs> do you make a lot of dips? Yeah, I actually do. You do? I love to make a dip. I'm not a good cook. I rarely use my kitchen outside of like microwaving yeah. and things like that. But I can make a mean dip. What kind of dip? I make this feta dip. Yum. Already love. Which is great. A lot of cream cheese and like goat cheese sort of mixed together. Sometimes I'll put a Hidden Valley Ranch Ooh. seasoning packet. Not the ranch yes. itself, the seasoning. Oh, the packet. Literally the seasoning packet and some sour cream. Yeah. You got it. So good. It's so good. You know, I always want to be the person who like, you're at like a Super Bowl party and everyone's eating a delicious dip and they go like, who made this? I always wanted them to be like, Vanessa brought it. You know who is that person? Sudi Green. Is she really? Sudi Green brings the most delicious, like Middle Eastern, like burnt eggplant. Oh my God. Dips just to the Oscars. She brought that was the last time I experienced one of her dips. And it was that moment where everyone was like, who made this? She was the it girl of the Oscar Oh my God. I'm so jealous. And was she just like, you guys, it's not a big deal. That's how I would think she would say it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Wow. Something to aspire to. Someday. I see that for you. I don't know that I've really mastered dip. Our mom wasn't a big dips person. Not a big dip maker. Jonah, do you and Vicky make dips? Not a lot. Not a lot. (laughs) You know what's funny is that my family was really big on like sort of appetizer culture. Uh Uh-huh. Any big Thanksgiving or Christmas meal, they would always, and it just literally, we weren't even having people over. They would put out like a dip of some sort, stuffed celery, like yeah, a little shrimp cocktail or anytime it was someone's birthday dinner, they would do that. We were big into dip culture for sure. Yeah. And sometimes that happens. A lot of times I feel like that's better than the actual dinner. Yes. I would say the majority of the time. I'm always getting apps when I go out because growing up, it was the most indulgent thing that we never got to do. Yeah. I will order so many apps, too many apps now. If we're going to an Italian restaurant, you know what I do? I get ravioli for the table because restaurant portions of ravioli are so small. You're right. You're right. And I always want to get it, but I don't want to waste my meal on something so small. I need two of them. Yeah. So I get it for the table. That's so smart. I do that with pancakes. When I lived in Chicago, I lived catty corner from a McDonald's off of the Wilson Red Line stop in Uptown. I would frequently make the mistake of going there as soon as the high schools let out. Yeah. And they don't have a lot of places to go, high school kids. So they go to McDonald's and terrorize everyone who's there. But I remember one day I was standing behind a group of teenage girls in Chicago and one of them like flipped around and she's like, should I get fries for the table? (laughs) It was was such a like she was doing drag. She was doing like adult person drag. Asking at McDonald's if she should get fries for the table was so cute. That's incredible. So cute. That was like a bit that my friend Marika and I used to always do in New York where we'd be like, let's just order a bunch of things and like everybody can pick. And it would just be like stuff that like we wanted to eat ourselves. But we were like, we'll order a bunch of stuff for you guys and everybody can pick and then just like bring it to our part of the table. And we would just eat it and be like, it's for everyone. But then kind of like (laughs) give people looks when they drink. Funny bit. (laughs) So, <laughs> it was a funny bit. Really it great. was really Sounds funny. Really, I would love to be your friend at that dinner. Such a fun bit. I love the idea of a teenage girl going, <laughs> Will you say it again? Should I get fries for the table? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
They were so scary too. I've never been more frightened in my life. To me, nothing more scary than teenagers, nothing more scary than teenage girls. Yeah. And especially if they're in a city, the power that has to be like any teenager is scary. They know their way around. They're like street smart. Yeah. To have that too. It's just like, woof. Yeah. Yeah. It's so scary. It's so intense. And I just, all I want to do is have them like me. (laughs) And they will make fun of you for anything. They will make fun of you for literally anything. Yeah. But if they say to you, like, I like your shirt, you're like, okay, well, I'm set for life. Set for life. (laughs) This is the best compliment I've ever gotten. But then sometimes they'll be like, you wearing a blue shirt? You blue shirt guy? (laughs) We knew you were a blue shirt guy. Oh my God. And then you're devastated and you don't even know why. Devastated. You're like, yeah, I'm wearing a blue shirt. What I hope, and I don't think that this is true. I hope that they know the power that they have. I don't think they do. Mm -mm. Maybe they do, but. I think some of them do because of TikTok. But beyond that, like they feel really comfortable bringing up being ageist to 34 year old gay men on Twitter. I'll say that. I'll say that. Bringing up my age any which way they can. Oh, God. I hate that so much. As a 40-year-old woman, I'm probably like... <laughs> it's like when like a really old gymnast goes to the Olympics and everyone's like... The announcers are like, she's 37? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's here? Sorry, I can't weigh in on this so much because I don't know about this... Culture of teens? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not as familiar with it. I've never... But, but it seems like a real thing, I guess. Well... You should be scared of teenage girls if you're not already, Jonah, because they judge. Okay, and we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Joel Kim Booster. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. And we're back. So Joel, now we'd like to play a game with you that we like to call Back to the Present. Joan and Vanessa, we've got to go back to the present. And let me kind of explain the way that this works. Now, you may be familiar with like a little movie franchise called Back to the Future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That doesn't really explain how this game works. It does explain where we got the title. Okay, great. It's just like a funny take. Anyways, (laughs) the title is, in this game, some might call it more of a segment than a game. We each bring back something from our childhood or from growing up that we wish would come back. And we just kind of like talk about it a little bit and explain why we wish it would come back. So Jonah and I will go first to kind of give you a second to think of yours. And it can be anything. It could be like a product, a TV show. um, A snack. A feeling. A game. Yeah. Yeah. It's very loose. It's very loose. So I'll go first. Mine is these... Joel, I don't even remember these chips. They're called Tato Skins. I think I do. Do you? Yep. They're kind of a controversial chip, I guess. <laughs> they kind of launched some controversy, but these were chips and they were made from um, the skin of potatoes. And I believe they were made by Keebler. I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out that they had different flavors and they had this commercial that was like very catchy. Yes, it was a baked potato. Potato skins got baked potato appeal because they're made from potatoes and skins that are real. Well, Jonah, do you want to sing the song? Because you sang it for me just like an hour ago. Yeah, I sang it earlier. It's like potato skins got baked potato appeal because they're made from potatoes and skins that are real. Jonah. Beautiful. So, yeah. Thank you so much. I was very nervous to do that. They had a super catchy commercial. They're potato chips, but, you know, they have... The skins, you know, they had sour cream and onion. They name all the flavors in the song. Check out the song. Basically sounds exactly like how I sang it. Keebler presents the appealing taste of baked potato skins in a crunchy chip. Potato skins got baked potato appeal because they're made with potatoes and skins that are real. The Keebler elves make potato skin snack chips with real potatoes and skins. Cheddar cheese and bacon, sour cream and chives, tasty baked potato. And they finally got barbecue flavor too. They're made with Potatoes and skins, that'll be the potato skins for Baked potato appeal. 
But I guess they were discontinued. No one can find them. Yeah. So Keebler passed the brand on to someone else, the Poor Brothers. I was looking up the history and then I looked at what website I'm on and it's called poisonmushroom.org. Okay. So, so maybe I don't know not. how reputable poisonmushroom.org is. Anyways, somehow these chips got discontinued. I don't know why. No one knows why. But based on like my two minutes of research, but TJ Fridays has potato skin chip that they sell. Yes. And they were sued a few years ago by a woman in New York for $5 million because she said their potato skin chip doesn't have actual potato skins in it, just as potato starch and something else. She said she was confused because when she goes to TJ, I guess I did more research than sounds. <laughs> when she goes to TJ Fries, they have a potato skin appetizer from real potato skins. So she assumed these chips would have real potato skins, but they don't. And so she was suing them and I couldn't figure out what happened with the lawsuit. But I find that lawsuit to be so crazy because it's like, so you get all the money because you've like figured this out. Like yeah. you just looked yeah. up like the ingredients on the back and we're like, oh, there aren't potato skins. Sounds like it should be a class action. Yeah, yes. It sounds like a classic class action situation. So they do sort of still exist, but they're made by TJ Fridays and they don't have actual potato skins in them. So do they exist? I don't know. And I guess the question is, did potato skins have real potatoes in them? I think that they did because they said they said they come from potatoes and, and skins, skins that, that are, are real. real. That's a lawsuit right there. That's a lawsuit. Yeah. They put it in a song, but it wasn't real. Raisin. If that's not true, then that's false advertising. Yeah. They never got sued, though. So I think it's true. Yeah, I bet it's true. Or at least this woman wasn't paying attention at that time. Yeah. Like, I found it, like, interesting. Like, I was telling Vanessa, I was like, how was your weekend? Like, oh, it's pretty good. But I was, like, eating these chips. I realized there aren't potato skins in them. And I called a lawyer. And I'm going to sue for $5 million. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it worked. Maybe she got it. And then keep the conversation going. How was your weekend? <laughs> well, it was good. I, like, relaxed and saw friends. <laughs> and I ate chips and didn't really think about what was in them. And I was happy. <laughs> right. And I wasn't like, oh, just because a place sells something in the restaurant, it can't be different than in a snack I buy at the grocery store. I expect them to be exactly the same. Was she like, I'm suing for a million dollars because I was misled? Five million. Five million? Yeah. False advertising. It's also, you're right. It should be a class action suit because it's like, she gets to keep all this money because she figured it out. It's not like she's eating a different chip than everybody else. Yeah. Also, no one's going, you better buy these chips or else. It's like she's making the choice. No, totally. So that's what I'd like to bring back. You'd like to bring back tato skins, which are also from a less complicated time when you could just make chips and not worry about litigation. Yeah. And I'd like to get the original Keebler tato skins and I'd love to pair them with a nice dip. Like maybe one of these cream cheese, Hidden Valley dips. Yes. I think that would be delicious. This Hidden Valley idea is blowing my mind. The idea of getting the powder, Joel, and just mixing it with sour cream. Putting it on popcorn? No, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm ready to do this. This is such a smart, simple idea. Okay, so Jonah's are Tato skins. What I'd like to bring back to the present is a little store that I just confirmed with my friend Jenny Pastel called Letter Us. The owners were actually Ashley Smith's parents of Ashley and Jeremy Smith siblings. Well, that is important, but that's not the part that I want to talk about. I want to talk about at this store, Letter Us, Joel, you could get any kind of like gift for like a birthday party or something. And they would put like the person's initials or their name on it. Like you could get letters so that anything like kind of like monogrammed with like bubble letters for your friends. And it made incredible gifts. But the thing that I love the most about Letter Us, and Jonah remembered this really clearly too, is they had this thing called spin art where you would pick out a shirt or a sweatshirt or something. They'd put it in this machine 
And then the machine would start spinning. And then you'd have all of these different paints in squeeze bottles and you'd squeeze them into the art as it was spinning. And it would like spin. No, no, no. Here's what you would do. I think you would put all the paints in first and then they would like close the top of it and they would just spin it. That's how I think it happened. Spin art. Then cut to spinning stops, paint dries. You've got kind of like a paint tie-dyed piece of apparel to wear. (laughs) And you are honestly the coolest kid in town. It was so fun. I looked it up and they do sell spin art machines on Amazon. They have these machines that are kind of like $30, but they're more for like art projects. Like they're more to spin paper art. I don't know if they have like the industrial kind of ones that they had at Letter Us. I expect those would be really expensive. And it was incredible. And Jonah, you remember it, right? Yeah, I remember going there for parties or hanging out. We'd all get t-shirts made and kind of like what we were talking about earlier, right? Yeah, activities. Like it was like an activity kind of birthday type thing. And I think they sold like other stuff at that store. But yeah, I felt like everyone went there from our high school. Yeah, I don't know. It was probably so exhausting to have everybody love the store so much. I don't know if that's why they closed. (laughs) But yeah, I could see this relaunching of it for like adults where they're like, oh, we're going to like drink sparkling wine and make like shirts like this or something like you could market this probably towards adults. Absolutely. Right. Did you ever do spin art, Joel? No, not familiar with it. I can picture it clearly in my head. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever actually seen it. I just have such a vivid image of it in my head. Yeah. And you've probably seen people wearing Mm, shirts that were made by spin art. Yeah. I wish Letter Us would come back. They could open in LA. They'd do great. I could see so many like hipster LA people like going in there and like being like, Let's have some wine and make some shirts, you know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> was Letter Us, I guess I'm really, because I worked at Kids R Us in high school, I guess. Yeah. Letter Us was kind of like a Toys R Us, Kids R Us kind of. Oh, was it? Well, it wasn't associated with them in a business way, but like, I wonder that's where they came up with the name, which was really clever. Okay, Joel, <laughs> what would you say is your thing you would like to bring back to the present? This is something I really enjoyed. I don't know if either of you played video games or had video games growing up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a Sega Genesis. I miss the games that would come out as tie-ins to movies that they do not do anymore because games are too advanced now. And like, it's just like the timing would never work in the way that they did. Right. You wouldn't be able to design the whole thing in time. Is that what you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I remember like every Batman movie that came out. Yep. GoldenEye famously. Of course. GoldenEye 64 famed like movie tie-in that was like probably the best movie tie-in to ever happen. But like all the Batman movies had movie tie-in games that were great. A lot of Star Wars like movie tie-ins that they just can't do anymore. I don't know. I miss them. I miss them a lot. And a lot of them were really, really bad. Yeah. A lot of them were terrible, in fact. Was the GoldenEye one famous because it was so, it was actually good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The multiplayer. Yeah, but now they go the other way too because now there's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie that's just about to come out. Yeah, it's sort of the other way around. And are they doing like a Call of Duty movie or did I make that up? That sounds very likely, honestly. I mean, if they made Halo into a television show, yeah, then Call of Duty could definitely be. Or like Silent Hill or something. I feel like they, yeah. They're literally making a Rubik's Cube movie. Really? Yeah. Joel, what do you think the Fire Island video game would be like? Great oh question. man, I think it would be, do you remember... Mist and Riven, those games where you walk around and like solving a mystery, basically. No, but they sound incredible. With clues. Oh my God. Mist was like one of the most boring games, but like (laughs) you could not stop playing it. It was just you on this deserted island, like searching around like different rooms and walk. Literally, you weren't fighting. There was like very little active anything you were doing. You were just solving puzzles and collecting clues. 
on this island. And that is, I think, what it would be. It would just be walking around Fire Island, collecting clues and trying to get laid. Oh, my God. Using the clues. That's it. That reminds me of King's Quest a little. Did you ever play that one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you played it on the computer, Jonah. You would just like open the chest, walk around, like look under the book. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it'd be you guys just kind of like walking around Fire Island kind of. Or it would be like The Sims, maybe. Right, right, right. That would be fun. You just get to create your vacation group instead of a family, give them all different personalities and then let them loose and see what happens. I mean, I'm so excited to see Fire Island. I feel like between you and Matt Rogers and Bowen and I know Nick Adams too. Oh, wild. How do you know Nick? I know Nick because my friend Ben is friends with him and we went and saw him in a play years ago. So I know him too. And like, I feel like you're all just so talented and it's going to be so incredible. And by it's going to be, I mean, it is because it's out now. (laughs) And you've seen it and you've loved it. On Hulu. Seen it, loved it. Now, Joel, aside from Fire Island, which everybody's got to see because it's incredible, where else can people find you these days? My Netflix special comes out June 21st. And then I'm on an Apple show called Loot with Maya Rudolph. That comes out June 24th. Oh my God. The first three eps will drop. Also, Matt and I are both on shows where we play gay assistants to (gasps) living legends. I play Maya's assistant. Oh my God. And Matt is Jennifer. Oh my God. Who is fucking incredible on your show, by the way. Just like there's like a full like energy shift when she walks on screen. It's so crazy. I agree. I can't even handle how incredible she is. I mean, Maya is so incredible and fun. I'm sure you and Maya too are so incredible together. But it was a lot of fun. So fun to watch. So people can catch you there. Anything else? They can just follow me at I hate Joel Kim on all social medias. Okay. I love that. Well, Joel Kim Booster, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks to everybody for listening. Keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we'll discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like microwavable bean burritos. <laughs> thank you, Joel. Thank you so much, Joel. Thanks, guys. Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see... See what music does to people. 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 